1: Welcome to our Lifeline Parenting Series. We're joined in studio every week at this time by Vern Tyler, who is founder of Hosanna Pathways and the Hosanna Parent Project. And over the course of the next many weeks, we'll be talking with Vern about many of the foundational biblically-based principles for successful parenting. And by way of introduction every week... Vern, you've got a lot of experience in this. You and your wife, Judy, have not only raised a family of your own, but over the course of many years have been foster parents to about 800 children. I would imagine you've learned a thing or two. (laughs) Very much so, and wonderfully
2: so. It's been a marvelous, marvelous adventure.
1: This series, of course, week by week will unveil a number of foundational principles when it comes to parenting, not only in terms of addressing the so-called problem child, but quite frankly, for any child. So toward that degree, this is really appropriate for parents, whether they're dealing with children who are a little bit more mature, perhaps preteen years or even older, up to and including those parents who are still anticipating their first child.
2: Now I would urge families that are even thinking of families, the pregnancy stage, uh, the infancy stage, these principles are so significant that if you implement them at an early age, you are avoiding the problems of later age. And this, is, to me, is, the, is a greater adventure. Uh, if we try to intervene in the older children, generally their mind, their computer, is pretty well already programmed into deprogrammed is a very, very challenging uh, process. So getting started young
1: is the key. Use that phrase that you mentioned earlier about uh, redirecting as opposed to... Oh,
2: it's better to build boys and girls than to mend men and women.
1: Let's use that again. So at the end of the day, then, you've got a phrase that I think will really help parents understand the purpose of this series.
2: Better to build boys and girls than to men,
1: men and women. Let's get underway with today's edition of the Hosanna Parent Project, and toward the end of our conversation with Vern, we'll give you more information about how you can sign up for classes at a church in your area as part of the Hosanna Parent Project.
2: We left off talking about supervising our children. Uh, We want to learn some ways that we can be more effective in our parenting process. Uh, That's what this program is basically about, trying to help parents become more uh, adept, uh, have some uh, better understanding on how we parent our children. Uh, Some of the things that we have been discussing is understanding the nature of our children. Uh, We understand that they're emotional, while we tend to be more rational. That puts us at two different levels. Uh, Unfortunately... The emotional, the child, cannot understand the rational. They just are not developmentally there. So that means that we parents have to recognize and appreciate the emotional level that our children are at. We need to condition how we react and respond to our children in a way that does not frustrate, complicate, or in any way destroy uh, the uh, our children's um, sense of self-worth, who they are, uh, and that we give them a hope and a purpose that only comes through our faith and through our family as a loving unit. Uh, we, uh, last segment, uh, talked about some of the supervising uh, uh, processes. We talked about who, what, where, when, and why of... Uh, trying to find from our children what the activities involved. If we don't know what the in, involvement of the activities are, then we certainly don't know how to supervise those activities. Now, we're not going to be going to the parties, going to the dances necessarily, but we need to know what our children are going to be involved in so that we can uh, have a sense of uh, what they may be, the risks that they may be exposed to. to, to. Uh I want to give you a very key thing here. I think when it comes to our children, uh, if they you've gone through the, the five W's uh, that we've talked about in the past, and you don't feel comfortable with your child attending this thing, uh, please don't compromise your integrity by giving them permission to go something that uh, you don't understand. Uh, folks, in my estimation, that's verges on suicidal Uh, I would never uh, go to something that I felt was not safe uh, or that I did not know how to respond or react if something uh, did happen that I needed to be um, aware of for safety issues or um, uh, things uh, that could be destructive. And our children will oftentimes, I think we don't even know, have any real idea what are engaged in, what they're involved in. Uh, but because of maybe where the event's going to be happening or who we assume are going to be associated with the event, we feel relatively comfortable. Uh, folks, I'm sorry. As a parent, I'm not going to urge you to become relatively comfortable. I want you to be completely comfortable. I'm not going to rest easy and at home if I have a sense that I don't know what the risks are for my children and what they're doing. And I don't know very many parents that... Uh, Uh, would not admit that, but yet for some reason in some way we can tend to not assume the responsibility, the serious responsibility that is associated with that. So when you as a parent or when I as a parent sense that something isn't uh, uh, cogent, I would approach the child and say, you know, I'm not comfortable. I can't give you permission to participate in this. I need your help. Uh, you need to convince me uh, or give me some information that's going to make me comfortable with you participating or involving yourself in this activity. Uh, the kids, uh, particularly if you now, just now, when your kids are teenagers, you can start doing this, they're, they're going to raise some eyebrows. Uh, but uh, if you start this when our children are young, uh, it'll just be a natural process. It's not going to be an abrupt change, and raise uh, a bunch of questions, and uh, significantly increase the pushback. Uh, you, Those of us that have older children have to understand, when you start adding structure to the formula of your home, uh, you're probably going to get some, some mild, if not strong, reaction and pushback. Again, that's human nature. We've got to understand that. Uh, but ask your child, you know, help me to become comfortable with your participation in this activity. Uh, I think, in the, uh, again, let me use a uh, an example here that might help you. If you know that your child is going to be in an event where drugs and alcohol may possibly surface, uh, are you going to be comfortable with your child remaining in that environment uh, even though you don't think that they will use? All right, so you ask your child. Say, you know, the guys, the girls that are going to be at this event have a reputation for indulging in uh, drug and alcohol activity. Uh, Now, I know that the event is going to be chaperoned, uh, so I assume that this won't happen. But if by chance it should, son, how are you going to handle this? Oh, well, I just don't take any drugs. No, I'm sorry, I'm not, not comfortable with that. You may not take, but somebody else is taking and you get in a car with them. I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with that. I can see some risk here. Uh, and as a parent, I think that it's foolish for you to expose yourself to the potential of that because you're going to have a lot of peer pressure pushing on you. So you got I'm not comfortable with what you just shared with me, so uh, just because you're not going to take doesn't make me feel comfortable. Help me out. I need some more help here. Well, your child then comes forward with this suggestion. Um, well, okay, if drugs or alcohol come... Uh, Into to play at this activity, I'll give you a call. And then you can respond, that makes me feel comfortable, but you realize when you call me, I'm going to come and pick you up. You should not be exposed. It's not appropriate for you to expose yourself to this kind of activity. Now, in that kind of a scenario, and if you want to trust your child, and we do need to extend some trust to our children, You would then give permission, okay, I give you permission to attend, provided that if drugs or any illegal activity, alcohol, surfaces, you will call me. I'll immediately come and pick you up. Uh, Now, that child has, in effect, in a form negotiated. I don't believe in negotiating with children. But they have literally come up with a standard that they're probably going to live by. This isn't necessarily the case because they're not going to leave their friends, they don't want to. They don't want you to come pick them up at the party, but folks, as a responsible parent, you have done, I think, what you have done could the best thing that you could have done. You have worked out a remedy. You worked out a process with your child, and that encourages the child to have a good, open relationship with you. Uh, so it's important uh, that uh, you in, uh, engage your child in discussions and how they're going to handle this thing and it brings comfort to you. Um, uh, Remember, the children who participate in an understanding of acceptable conduct uh, have a stronger sense of responsibility and self-discipline. So that's very important, folks, again, for us when working with our children. Uh, Now, please, if your child has given you some information, I'm going to suggest that you need to verify uh, that information. Children, again, uh, will tell us the information that they feel uh, we will be willing to accept, but very seldom are they going to tell us information we feel that we're going to not accept or condemn or say, no, this is not acceptable. So they leave out the unacceptable. They tell us the acceptable. Uh, Now, if, uh, you know, there's going to be a party, a pizza party over at somebody's house, you call that party. Uh, You ask them, is this true? The party's going to run from 7 to 10 o'clock. Pizza's going to be served. You're going to be chaperoning this thing. And the parent, uh, so let's say that the guest parent says, yes, I'm going to be chaperoning. However, my husband and me, we're going to go out to dinner from probably 8 to 9.30. And so that period will not be chaperoned. Are you going to be comfortable with that parent? I probably wouldn't. Uh, because I, again, know that some of these kids here at the party, things can happen. Uh, they can involve themselves in things uh, that are not going to be constructive, are going to be destructive, are going to be immoral, whatever. Uh, so uh, then again, I would arrest my child. What are we going to do? I'd go back to my child say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, where the party's going to be, have said this is going to happen. Uh, it sounds like uh, this isn't true. It's not going to be chaperone. How are we going to handle this? Let your child come up with a suggestion, but hold them responsible for a good, reasonable suggestion. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Purpose Driven Parenting. This is your host, Vern Tyler. We are talking about supervising our children's activities and some of the responsibilities, some of the issues uh, there uh, that are critical to that activity. Uh, we were talking about making certain that you are comfortable with the activity, the individuals, the setting, uh, the who, what, where, when, and why of that event. Uh, one of the things that we talked about in the last segment was talking with the parents who are going to be chaperoning or conducting this event um, and whose home it will be. Uh, you might uh, give that parent a call and verify, confirm, uh, remember, our children uh, are going to tend to give us the information uh, that's kind of casual. Uh, they're going to leave out some of the specifics, uh, and some of that's uh, appropriate. I don't want to uh, raise total suspicion of our children, but we got to remember that our children are going to be very casual about what they uh, tell us, uh, what they're going to be doing. And so we need to verify. We need a spot check. Drop in. I know with my uh, children, with my foster kids, I would oftentimes take them to an event uh, and drop in afterwards, drop by, see how it's going. Uh, I never got any negative feedback. I have a suspicion after I left the event, sometimes the kids would kind of rib my foster children or biological children. Uh, Oh, Dad dropped in to check things out, huh? Uh, I suspect that happened. And I suspect if it didn't, if it wasn't verbally expressed, it was uh, uh, thought in mind. But that's—I'm not going to be apologetic about holding my child accountable or my children accountable. Uh, this is very, very, very important, uh, and we need to realize uh, there. Are, uh, I, uh, this is again coming from the uh, Parent Project curriculum. Uh, that curriculum. Uh, Uh, illustrates that there are at least three things that children are are, uh, not particularly honest about, and that's alcohol and drug use, sexual involvement, and homework. It's very common for children to mislead or be very casual about those three areas. So we as parents need to be aware of that and uh, need to be prepared to take action or uh, involve, uh, confront, Our children to be sure that we have the full story uh, and that we're aware of what is happening to the best of our ability. Uh, Some parents um, unfortunately think of active supervision as an issue of trust or mistrust and they're unsure and not comfortable about checking on their children's activities without obvious reason or apparent reason. that uncomfortableness, folks, is not a good quality. Uh, I can understand and I can appreciate uh, that being uncomfortable because uh, it does appear that we are questioning somebody's veracity or their truthfulness. Uh, but does your, do- does your boss at work give you a telephone call to let you know when he's going to drop in? Uh, I think good leaders, uh, they expect uh, their employees to be uh, on their job, doing their work properly. Uh, any employer that drops by is not trying to catch an employee doing something wrong or not there. Uh, they're there to, to oversee. They're supervising. Uh, they want to see the, the, uh, the product that uh, they're supposed to be uh, developing from whatever you're engaged in. Uh, and uh, I can tell you as um, a bank vice president in the past, Uh, I found uh, more pleasure in giving out uh, uh, compliments and complimenting my employees than I ever did trying to find any, any fault with them. So, folks, we've got to realize, and we need to convey this concept to our children with regard to supervision. This is not an issue of trust or mistrust. This is holding one another accountable. This is holding a high standard of what we expect from one another. And the purpose is not to to catch I gotcha moment. Uh, the purpose is to encourage, to support, and to affirm. So don't be apologetic about this, and don't be fearful about addressing this with your children. Now, again, if you start this with your older children, you haven't done it when they're younger, uh, this question of trust is going to be an issue you'll have to address. I just gave you the job boss Illustration is probably the best example that I can give to you that you could use to model for your child the reason why you are going to um, uh, be an active supervisor. Let's also realize an issue here, I think, that's very important uh, with regard to that issue of trust. Trust is something that is earned and once lost is never fully recovered. Think about that, folks. One of the things with my children, my foster children, uh, when I counsel, my employees, one of the things that I will share with them is um, don't lie, don't steal, don't uh, in any way negatively impact the trust that I have in you. Um, let me just, here's probably a profound one and one that nobody, I, none of us, I think, would happily have to address. But in a marriage situation, when infidelity happens, uh, we can forgive, but do we ever forget? That's a quality of God I'll I'll someday ask him about. I'll say, how in the world can you forgive and forget? I can forgive, but I can't forget. Uh, But the bigger issue here, the reason why I raise this, is uh, trust that's destroyed or damaged is never fully recovered. Uh, there's always going to be a scar. There's always going to be that question mark that's there. So uh, let your children understand that concept. Uh, I know this uh, was probably one of the uh, elements in my young life when I was much younger. Uh, I never wanted to do anything that I would uh, destroy, damage, or hinder the trust that my parents had for me. I think the up most question that I had when it became, was I going to participate or was I not, Uh, what was the possibility of my parents being disappointed? Uh, Was I going to be losing something that I could never gain back? That was profound, folks. That was very profound for me. Uh, Many, many, many times, many times, even when I was in the military and overseas, I could not do certain things because I knew that if my parents ever were aware of this, that, that it would hurt them, uh, that it would destroy uh, the confidence and faith and trust that they had in me. So let's not dis- diminish or uh, uh, try to limit this issue with our children. Confront them with them. Share these concepts with them, and I think that you'll see that there'll be much benefit to that. Uh, now, if you trust your child, tell them so, and heap positive uh, strokes on them. Don't be stingy. Let them know how much you trust them. Folks, that's a positive, you're building a positive behavior. You're not using a negative consequence. Uh, Unfortunately, though, um, if you don't trust your child, uh, and there's good reason, uh, then you have to also uh, let your child know the reason why you cannot trust them. This is a consequence of your past behavior. And as parents, I love you. I want you to avoid uh, suffering a negative consequence. Uh, So um, I've got to make a decision accordingly. Now, the child's response is probably, what's the matter? Don't you trust me? Explain your child why. I just used an illustration, but um, go ahead and carry that out. Give them more information. Help them to understand that trust is so critical. Uh, and it's going to be in the future, whether it's with a spouse relationship, spousal relationship, marriage relationship, unemployment relationship, friendship relationship. Trust is probably the focal point of how close we grow to somebody, uh, how successful we are. So this is an extremely critical element. Talk to your children about it. Pray with them about it. Uh, use the illustrations. that will help them to understand how critical this is. Uh, and I think that you will see a uh, 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 very great fruit. I want to share with you a Bible verse. It's called it's uh, Proverbs 20.11, and it says, Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and right or trustworthy. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Purpose Driven Parenting. This is your host, Vern Tyler. When we ended the last segment, I read a verse from the Bible, and I want to do that again because I think it's very uh, illuminating and helps us uh, to uh, affirm that this is so true with our children. Uh, It's Proverbs 20, verse 11. It says, Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure, right, and trustworthy. Uh, So the reputation of our children are going to obviously be illustrated by the way they act. But folks, let me go back again. Fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Our children are our fruit. So uh, oftentimes, and properly so, but sometimes it isn't absolutely that way, but our children are going to be judged based upon their act, and that's going to extend over to you and me as their parents because we're the ones that have the primary influence uh, and uh, are providing the guidance for our, the development of our child, at least if we're actively supervising our children. Uh, if we're not actively supervising our children, then they're going to grow like wild weeds, and uh, we're not able to influence their conduct and their behavior, and things can really go awry. Uh, it's very important for us parents to realize that we're the primary supervisor, primary, um primary um, model, for our children's future. Uh, This raises a very uh, significant issue, and this is an issue that I have in my notes here highlighted as danger. Uh, Let me share this with you, and I think that you'll understand why I have designated it as a danger. When parents make rules and don't follow through with supervising the result, they unwittingly teach their children that the rules don't need to be obeyed. In other words, folks, if we have rules, we don't uh, supervise those rules and don't enforce those rules, then what we're doing, we're conditioning our children to be disobedient. Wow. You get the significance of that? This is why supervision is so darn critical, folks. If we don't supervise appropriately, then our inappropriate supervision is going to tra- uh, condition our children to become disobedient individuals. Uh, Our children are a direct product of our supervision, a direct product of our supervision. So, folks, that is why supervising our children is so, so vital, so, so critical. In extending this concept of supervision, I want to kind of talk uh, in the next this segment and the next one, about motivating our children, uh, because uh, supervision is uh, should not be a negative issue. It should not be considered punishment. Unfortunately, uh, s- s- children oftentimes will uh, conclude that, I think uh, in a, uh, inaccurately uh, conclude that. But in any event, uh, any time that their activities are supervised or controlled, or, uh, uh, um, uh, managed, they are not going to feel comfortable and they're going to feel very uncomfortable and they're going to push back. Uh, but let me give you some uh, something here to think about. If uh, 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 We need to hold our children accountable, uh, but we don't want to frustrate them. We don't want to uh, discourage them. So we've got to be able to motivate them. If we provide uh, that accountable environment and we provide the motivation that they need, we're going to see Good change. We're going to see good kids. Uh, we need to be have that in the back of our mind. I've got to hold my child accountable. Um, I've got to supervise them. But I've also got to understand that as the emotional beings that they are, as the sinful beings that they are, I need to appropriately motivate them so that they have the correct behavior or acceptable behavior. Uh, similarly, uh, again, if I were to substitute uh accountability uh, for structure and motivation for sup- uh for supervision uh to come out with a formula for uh, good change and appropriate behavior uh that highlights for me why structure and supervision uh equals change let me give you those formulas in a uh in a formulation uh, manner here so accountability plus motivation equals appropriate behavior or change. Let's change that formula a little bit. Structure plus supervision equals appropriate behavior or good change. So we can kind of interchange these. We, got to, we see how these uh, kind of match up and, and how they integrate uh, to provide the uh, environment for our children to become that responsible individual Uh, that we want them to do. Uh, Remember, uh, and we've said this, I think, in every um, uh, program that uh, we've had here so far, we don't control children, we control their things. Let me say that again. We don't control children, we control their things. Your parents never controlled you. Once you were out of sight, you did what you wanted to do. Uh, We used the Bible verse a little bit earlier uh, that... um, We want our children to not have to walk around with a bit and bridle like a mule and a horse. Um, So, folks, uh, we need to understand that if we try to control um, an object that can't be controlled, it's going to be futile. Now, if you want to be with your children all of the time and, in effect, have a bit and bridle in their mouth, Uh, You could try that, but I think you're going to find that uh, it's going to drive you crazy and it's not going to work with your children either. Uh, So what we try to do, again, is control the things in their environment, objects or items outside the person. Uh, So it's not just things. It can be friends. Um, It can be uh, 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 items that um, uh, thoughts, uh, exposure to visual things, uh, but we've got to control things, uh, but not directly the child. Let me give you some examples here. Uh, a thing that we can use for control, and I've used this particularly with the younger children, are toys. That's probably more effective with it with a young child. Uh, I remember I had a family that came to one of the training classes, and they said they had a three-year-old daughter that uh, would scatter toys all out over her, and they could never figure out a way to get her to put her toys back. So I explained to them, I said, find out what um, your child, what motivates your child. What is the most meaningful thing for this child? And I said, well, she has a teddy bear that has great meaning. And she does not. Everywhere she goes, she wants to take her teddy bear. And I said, well, there's your your thing that you can control. So this is your 3-year-old. Next time that you want these toys picked up is you explain to her, honey, you need to pick your toys up, put them in that box, Uh, And if, uh, I'm sorry if you uh, uh, don't do that, I'm going to have to take Teddy and put it up here on the refrigerator. Well, the child, of course, became terrified because that was kind of a scare tactic, in effect, for the child. But the parents were serious about this now. They were not trying to scare the child. They were not threatening the child. This was really going to happen. So the child, as usual, didn't think that there was any bite to to the bark. So she continued to ignore the parents. Well, the mother goes over, and she says, all right, I'm going to take Teddy and put him up on the refrigerator. As soon as you put these toys away in the box, you get Teddy back. She said within one minute, every toy was picked up and put in that box. See, what the mother was doing here, she could not control the child, but she could certainly control the things that that child liked, and that child was motivated. Uh, Some kids, their bicycles or their toy of... Are there skateboards? Is there toy of choice? Uh, you identify what that is. You use that object to motivate your child. Uh, use that in your supervising process. You'll see that you can be very effective. Um, electronics, iPhones, um, particularly for our children today. Kids today, particularly teenagers, can't live 30 seconds without their iPhone. TV access, video games. Uh, these are great objects that you can use as items to motivate your child. Events. How many kids don't want to be with their friends? They want to go to their ball games, their uh, sports activities. Folks, these are all things that you can use to motivate your child to change behavior or demonstrate to model appropriate behavior. Very important issues uh, to understand. Uh, and you don't want to get into arguments. You don't want to uh, 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 get into battles with your children. Just simply take the things that motivate them and work with them. Uh, we're going to develop this a little bit more after the break. Welcome back to Purpose Driven Parenting. This is your host, Vern Tyler. We're uh, talking today about supervising our children, motivating our children to do appropriate behaviors, to avoid inappropriate behaviors. Uh, at the last end of the last segment, I was sharing with you uh, that what we are trying to do is identify objects or things, items outside of the person of your child that motivate them. Uh, folks, this is very, very important. Uh, even advertisers understand how, how are you going? They're going to get you to buy their product. They're going to use a means that motivates you. Um, uh, the same thing has got to happen. Uh, we've got to understand our children are natural beings. They're going to uh, behave because of certain things. Uh, they're looking for instant gratification. They do not want uh, the objects that they enjoy removed from them. Uh, they'll do just about anything to prevent that from happening. So instead of arguing uh, or... Uh, getting into some kind of a situation that's only going to complicate matters worse. Uh, We, again, using the parent project uh, curriculum, uh, suggest making uh, a child's list, which is unique to each child but identifies the few things the child enjoys or the things that motivate them, uh, the things that really have significant meaning to them. Uh, When the child uh, misbehaves or violates a rule, uh, you take that entire list of items away from them for a short period of time. Now, again, let's be careful here, folks. We're not—I hope that we're not trying to be punitive. Um, that it's—we're just not trying to um, pay a power play, do a power play on our on our children. Uh, no, uh, that's going to be very inefficient. We want to get down to business. We simply want to get the behaviors that are appropriate. Uh, increase the appropriate behaviors, decrease the inappropriate behaviors. Uh, by identifying these things in a child's life, now normally most parents are going to panic, oh my God, my child likes too many things and does uh, involves themselves in too many things. This list would just be absolutely impossible. If you really focus and um, realize what you're trying to accomplish, you can usually get this down to three, four, five, or six things, I'm going to say. Not over a half a dozen things hit your child. Now, one of the things that will happen if you don't understand the motivation issue here is let's say that your child uh, most likes their, their, uh, their iPhone. They would miss that the most. So if you just say, I'm going to take that item away, what they will do is move to the next critical item for them. They'll get on a, on a video game and start playing a video game. Uh, uh they'll, so what happens is the priority tends to move down the motivating priority tends to move down the line that's why you want a list of motivating items uh, the iPhone uh, the uh, uh, video games uh, the telephone um, whatever it is that is going to be most valuable thing that's what you're going to use uh, so you want to make that list And we in the Parent Project Curriculum refer to these items as a T-spot, which means take everything away for a short period of time. Again, folks, we're not as parents. I hope that we as parents aren't looking to be punitive. We want to be constructive. Being punitive is not constructive. That's using a negative consequence for something in the past folks. Let's get past those things. Let's try to motivate uh, for something positive in the future. So you do this, and you're going to go for a very short period of time. Uh, Don't uh, move that out. Um, And again, if you don't take everything away, the child will substitute another enjoyable thing, and you won't get the attention, motivation that you wanted. Um, uh, The list may be adjusted and will need to be adjusted as the child grows older. In other words, taking Teddy away from a 15-year-old probably is not going to have any impact. So you've got to evolve this list. You've got to adjust it as the child grows older, as the interests change. Um, So keep that in mind. This is going to be an ever-evolving kind of a situation. You have to be prepared to evolve with it. Uh, And please don't expect the child to do nothing. Uh, such as sitting in a corner, Uh, that uh, forcing a child into a corner, sitting in a corner for whatever period of time seems so destructive. Uh, I've never really condoned that, and I think that it is counterproductive. A child's mind and body is seldom in neutral. They need to be doing something. Take the real motivating things, and if they want to go off and sing a song or go outside and do something, don't restrict them. Don't push them in a corner. You've taken their primary mode and, believe me, they are missing those things and they are thinking about it. So five minutes without their iPhone is like a month for a teenager. Okay, a month of restriction. It's profound. It has a huge impact. Uh, so don't use this list for punishment or to be cruel. These items are removed to get the child's attention and to move them to more appropriate behavior and away from unacceptable behavior. Uh, particularly when it comes to obeying the rules. When a rule is broken, give them a very short T-spot. Take everything away for a very short period of time. Review with them why the T-spot uh, and uh, uh, help them to uh, get their things back as quickly as they can, back to normal. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be frustrated. Uh, it's more effective to use... Remember, this is a very, very critical. It's more effective to use positive strokes to develop good behavior than to use deprivation... In other words, the above child's total list, or negative consequences to uh, correct bad behavior, deprivation is considered by a child as a negative consequence. So you take those items away; uh, that is a negative consequence. Um, uh, So you want to keep that uh, time short. Um, uh, uh, Now, if the offense continues, you may have to lengthen that. Uh, But generally, uh, the One minute per year of age on a T-spot is going to be very effective. Changing it otherwise isn't. Now, you may have to go through a T-spot several times. And again, lengthening that a little bit may give the child an indication, this is serious, okay? So if the child is 10 years old, they got a 10-minute T-spot, They within the same day, do the same offense, you might go to 15 minutes, okay? And let them know. Uh, this is serious. I need your attention. I don't want to make your day horrible. I don't want to create uh, an unhappiness with you. Uh, but we've got to get this together. I, I'm sorry. You cannot defy the rule. You cannot be uh, disobedient. You cannot be dis, disrespectful. Whatever the inappropriate behavior is, uh, you can use this. But again, don't be punitive with it. Try to use it as a motivating factor, not an issue of punishment. Um, Short-term deprivation or consequences more nearly fits uh, a child's emotional um, makeup. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that you can do, and I find this extremely effective, is rather than to give a definite time, you tell them, like, put, picking up the toys. You need to pick up the toys. Teddy Bear goes up here. And Don't tell them it's, a, say, it's uh, for a little two-year-old. You've got two minutes uh, uh, T-spot. You simply say, take as much time as you need. As soon as the job is done, you get Teddy back. You'll be surprised at how. You don't even have to have a 10-minute T-spot. It may only take two minutes. It may take 30 seconds. Don't lock yourself into something uh, that tends to be punitive. Uh, please realize nagging, lecturing, shadowing, and arguing only frustrates the parent as well as the child, and it complicates and slows down the process of change. Absolutely. Folks, get away from the punishment concept. Use the spot You'll see a huge change in attitude. You'll see a huge change in your family environment. Um, uh, You're not going to have to get into the nagging, lecturing, and shouting uh, and slowing down that process. And folks, just let me close our program here today with this thought. Those parents, those of us parents that have used the negative consequence concept, in other words, the punishment concept uh, for uh, raising our children, I think that you will identify with some of the consequences of that, which in my mind make absolutely no sense at all. When we get to have to start using negative consequences, does the stress level increase or go down in our home? It increases. So we got more stress. All the, su- all the family suffers, particularly the parents, our children and we are frustrated, anger increases, and humiliation of everybody seems to be part of the equation. Folks, we want to avoid that. Again, if you need to talk with me uh, or give me a call or communicate with me, my email is parenting at gmail.com. Uh, there are ways to contact me. If you go to our website, www.hosanapathways.org. May God bless your parenting.
1: Well, Vern, I'd like to thank you for your insights and comments today as part of our ongoing parenting series, a part of the Hosanna Parent Project, and for folks that say, gee, this is really great stuff, I'd like to go a little bit deeper. I'll remind listeners you can download today's program as part of the KFAX podcast at kfax.com. I would encourage you to listen to this content again, certainly listen to it together with your spouse, and be able to, down through the coming days and weeks, build principle upon principle, precept upon precept. For parents that need to go a little bit deeper and want to go into some intensive training, tell us a bit about the Hosanna Parent Project and how they can sign up for classes.
2: Yes, they can go to the website that you had just mentioned, hosannaparentproject.org. They also can go to the national uh, website, which is www.parentproject.com and all of the opportunities are, are listed on that website. However, I am in the only one in the United States that's using the Parent Project spiritually-based curriculum. Everybody else is secular. So those that want The spiritual emphasis need to come to my series, and then that way they will be able to get that
1: influence. You have multiple-week seminars taking place at churches throughout the Bay Area. And what if somebody listening says, we need this in our church? Is it available?
2: It is. Go to the same website. Give me some information. I'll contact the pastor, and we'll see if we can't arrange it based on the, the ability to use the church.
1: And again, information available on the series at hosannaparentproject.org. A number of tools and resources available at that website as well. hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org.
0: Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved